Everybody, it's Marsha B, and we're back with another episode of the Introvert in the City podcast. Today, we are talking with Katrina, which is my uh, I've known Katrina for close to 20 years. It's kind yeah. of crazy. Um, so we we grew up in our crazy, like <laughs> crazy years. Yes. And um, running the streets, being just unruly lesbians in New York City. Yes. Living the life. Yeah. And then Katrina went and like glowed up and grew up and got married and had kids and turned into Susie Homemaker. (laughs) Um, Done moved out to the suburbs and did all the things. And um, along her way, she is a woman who had her first child. How old did you have? uh, I was 25. First child at 25. Mm -hmm. And then second child later in life. So Tyler Mm -hmm. was only uh, 10 by then. Yes, they're nine and a half years apart. Yeah. And so I wanted to reach out to Katrina to have her on the show just to talk about uh, her journey as a lesbian to motherhood during both stages in her life Mm -hmm. and then also discuss you know just the process of being a a woman over 35 um, exploring motherhood so I'm gonna hand that over to you and tell us about yourself well whatever hey what's going on everyone thank you Marsha my boo my babes you already know how I feel about you but thank you for this opportunity honestly um I started I don't even know where to start, honestly. Like, I met my wife, and we've been together for 14 years. Uh, this July 28th will be 10 years legally married. And so I think from the time I was like maybe 21, 22, I always knew I wanted to have a kid, but I didn't know how I was going to go about conceiving and I remember I had a very close friend of mine who passed away recently he was gay and we were like you know like girl if we are not pregnant or whatever or have kids by 35 we're gonna try but you know um destiny made it happen that I met my wife and I think two a year and a half into us being in a committed relationship we knew we wanted to start a family so in 2008 I started my first um, IVF cycle and um, I went to the most popular fertility clinic, not knowing and doing my research. And um, we experienced our first um, miscarriage. I had an ectopic pregnancy. And so we took a whole year off because I was just distraught. I was, I was, Uh, 12 weeks pregnant and the baby had a heartbeat and everything. And so with ectopic pregnancy is basically the, the fetus was growing in, in my fallopian tube and there's no way that the, you know, the baby could survive. So I had to have an emergency surgery, August 20, August 19th, 
2009 and that was the week of my birthday and so I was just like I was out of it but you know we didn't give up faith and we knew we wanted to start a family so I went a more holistic approach at this point in my life I think I was like I was like plant-based glue in this glue in that and so um we found a fertility clinic in the city. It was more of a holistic type of clinic. And from there, we created five, six healthy embryos. And we conceived Tyler, my first child, in 2009. And we had him June 23rd, 2010. So I was 26 when I gave birth. And so that was like a shell shocker for me. I couldn't believe I was pregnant. And then I couldn't believe like I was about to be somebody's mother from being in the clubs, being out <laughs> or I was at a night, like girl, it was just, it was, it was surreal for me. And even till this day, I'd be like, I got two kids. It's Saturday and I'm in the house playing I, Monopoly. Say, I still say that. I was like, <laughs> Katrina got two whole kids. Two, two whole, two whole kids. And so it was, it was honestly, it was an adjustment for me as a new mom. At I felt like I was like in the limelight. We both were both in the limelight. And when I met my wife, I felt like I needed, I wanted change. I felt like I was no more in that phase. And I found someone that was like, I met my match, basically. Like I couldn't walk over her. I couldn't go do what I wanted to do. It was more like compromising for myself. And I noticed that I matured. So with that, I feel like, okay, well, maybe I'm ready to embark on motherhood. And I went full speed ahead. And here I am with two kids, girl, two kids. <laughs> yeah, so... So that basically, like, it was a process. It, emotionally and mentally, it was like an adjustment. Um, I went through postpartum with Tyler um, for a whole year, and that was really rough. But um, I think I grew, I grew a whole lot, and I grew in appreciation of being a mom and what it takes and being a wife. Also, it was like a lot of juggling I had to do, but I knew I was ready for that point in my life. So, so yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, you got to ask me some questions because I don't know what to say. I don't know. No, no, no. I think like that that's a great um, just introduction to motherhood, especially in, in your mid twenties. Yeah. Like we were definitely hot girls back then. Like, yes, we were the definition of hot girls. We were out. We were dressed to the T like nobody could say nothing about us. So when oh, I they did, my, they did. <laughs> well, they had a whole lot to say. They wanted to be a part of us, you know, you you know how that is you know part of the crew but um members members were just me and you and Anicia sometimes but <laughs> but yeah it was just it was just life-changing I felt like at that time I was tired of the clubs I was tired of all that I wanted I wanted to be married like all the relationships I was in prior I don't know we always talked about kids but it was just like where who how you know, yeah. like I'm not laying down with nobody. They're not laying down with nobody. Like, let's just continue this, this going out and eating and, and shopping and clubbing kind of phase. So that's where to, to shift the, the, the frame of mind 
back then, you said about 2008, mm -hmm. lesbians weren't able to marry legally at that time. Right. So right. the whole idea of like family, mm -hmm. um, starting a family, that was really foreign to a lot of us. Like it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't a realistic um, idea to me until I was in my relationship with Maria. And I was like, oh my right. God, not only can I legally marry, I can also like have this family. family. I, yeah. I never had that dream of a big wedding or anything mm -hmm. like that because, and up until then we weren't able to get married. So right. just to give a little perspective, but also I want to talk to the process because as you know, um, I had my own little journey with uh -huh. trying to become a mother. And right. for the listeners, uh, I was in a seven year relationship that came to an end because I was realizing that I wanted to be a mother. I wanted to move forward and she was not ready. So we broke up, uh, that was in 2018. 2019, I spent that year trying to have a baby on my own. And so that's okay. when you and I would connect about that. And you recommended New Hope Fertility, which yeah. I went to and I had um, IUI uh, yes. done. And you also recommended Mosey Baby, which I did three times and I was unsuccessful those three times and unsuccessful uh, with the IU, IUI, mm -hmm. so um, the emotional toll that it took on me yes. to do that as a single woman was what was, made me say, absolutely not, I'm not doing this. I, can, I cannot no. do this by myself. Right. Um, right. And so fast forward to today where I am now turning 38 in November, mm -hmm. um, I am dating someone and- Yay! It, and it, you it, are glowing as all in, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I keep hearing that. People keep saying it, yeah. Listen. Um, yeah, I am dating someone and she is, I mean, when I tell you within the first maybe month or two, she said to me, I would like to know what your goals are as mm -hmm. a mother and how I want to know. That's the first sign that you know that that person wants a family right and it, it, it's off-putting when you're I'm a little older than her so mm -hmm. it's off-putting when I'm turning 38 and she's 33 and she's mm -hmm. um you know because she's young and she's and she wants that though right but and I had to check myself because I felt very hesitant to be a woman who wants to have a child and you just meet someone and you're like yes yeah, so I want to have a baby right. um you know and so when she came to me and she was like, I want to know what your, how, 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 how you are as a parent, like what your family traditions are and how you view having kids. I want to know that because it's important for me to know that. That's deep at 33. Girl, Girl, I said, here's my panties. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> They're yours. Let's do this. Okay. Yes. Um, That's but, amazing. Yeah. So I, I, I feel at least right now I'm on the road to that journey again, where mm -hmm. I, I definitely will be a mother um, soon. Very soon. We're going to put that in the universe. Yeah. At the end of this year, hopefully for your birthday, you can be well, not that soon <laughs> not that soon <laughs> why not oh well there's there's a lot like I'm not okay to have a baby and living here by myself we still get right, right. yeah 
you right, know right, right. i say soon like next year by me, i'm like um what's the hold up like let's start <laughs> have your you have your nice base summer and then y'all start the motherhood yeah. the, i don't know that's just me like if i feel like i really went on my my gut and my like my intuition and knowing that Tiffany was like maternal when I saw her with a friend of mine's son just like seeing her interact Mm -hmm. and being around kids I was like I gotta have my I gotta have her babies like can I use your eggs or we gonna use my eggs when are we gonna do this so it is it's really reassuring to know like you found someone that wants the same thing as you you know so for me I'm very like let's do this before the time phase yeah you know some people they just like to take their time and that's 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 on you that's your preference but for me I'm like girl go now <laughs> well, yeah for me I, I do want to I do want to go slow um, yeah yes and, and I don't want my age to be ringing in my ear and that's no my, and, know, and with the process that you're going through um with IVF whether you do IUI or at home insemination or IVF like you can get pregnant you just need one follicle one follicle that's all it takes for you to have a positive pregnancy a lot of a lot of lesbian couples they do go towards the IVF approach because you go through so many IUI cycles and it gets very emotionally draining and it gets physically draining it gets financially draining so you know, a lot of couples that I do know and I talk to a lot, they just opt to go straight through IVF, depending on if their insurance wants them to do three IUI cycles uh, or four, and then they will approve it to go straight to do IVF. So, you know, yeah, taking your time is best. You know what's best for your body. You know what's best for you, your relationship, and where your future is headed. So that's the best approach. You mentioned something that's really important I want to highlight. So insurance, IVF is expensive. And if you have great great insurance, even that still doesn't cover the the cost of it. You're still going to be coming out a couple thousand, um, even with the best insurance. For me, IUI, Mm -hmm. with my insurance... And this is important to know, a lot of uh, facilities or a lot of insurance companies would require if you're 36 and over to have at least six failed pregnancies before they will fund your IUI. Right. And so I I thought that was ridiculous. It is. I was like, you want me to suffer six times before I come to you and ask you for help. Yeah. But the doctors will also tell you, like, you know, no one gets pregnant the first on the first try. You know, it usually take uh, three to four or five tries. Maybe after six, that's when. Well, yeah. So IVF, yeah. Like six is the magic number. And it's, yeah. it's actually very. Um, it's painful to have to it go is. that so many emotionally times. emotionally painful like you're thinking each cycle with the injections that this is it you go in for your your blood work and you're praying you're manifesting and it's a it's a negative pregnancy your period comes in the next day or two days later it's very draining you have to be 
prepared and knowing that these cycles may not work the first time you every everybody has a different story i know people that got pregnant the first time with iui with twins you know i know other couples that that didn't get pregnant at all with iui and went straight to ivf so it's it's emotionally draining a lot of women have to know with each cycle is never you you can't ex have high expectations you just have to have like a peace of mind and knowing that you're either going to get a positive or a negative result and you have to keep going forward because the the more you hear all that negative um negative pregnancy tests negative pregnancy tests that changes your whole body that changes your mind and your mind controls everything and including that uterus. And so you don't want to have that negative spirit or energy when going into this cycles. So, you know, just be prepared that it will be sometimes three or four negatives before you get that positive, you know? So, and that makes the, the entire experience even deeper connection with the person that you're with because you both are going through this emotional toll the person that is receiving the injections and going for the blood work and ultrasounds, like they need that support. So mm -hmm. you both coming together is just something that will get you through. And this is for anybody that's going through it. Even if you're going through it as a single woman by choice, which you're, I'm experiencing a lot of, a lot of, you know, women contact me that are trying to conceive by themselves. And, you know, I'm here to be that support system that they don't have. So it's a, it's a lot. And financially, it's a lot. IUI, that medication each time, the sperm, the co-payments, like it adds up each cycle, each cycle. So the insurance companies back then in 2008, it was only three cycles, no, four cycles um, you would have to fail in order. Or if you... In like my case, I had an ectopic pregnancy, so they had to remove one of my fallopian tubes. So that just automatically put me in the, you know, category of going straight through to IVF. So um, it's just, it's just really like, it's, it's emotional. It's an emotional process. It definitely emotional. is an emotional process. And I, I remember at that time speaking to something that you mentioned, I don't get sick. I'm a very healthy mm -hmm. person. I rarely get colds. Anything I suffer from is allergies. Right. Going through that process, I gave myself the flu. And, mm -hmm. and it was because I was so stressed. This yes, the immune process, system broke down. Right. This whole process, um, you know, you're you're banking on not getting pregnant. You know, you're banking on not on not getting pregnant. On oh, getting pregnant, period. Mm -hmm. you know, you're banking on waking up and not bleeding. You're, you're really putting all this energy yeah. into it to the point where, okay, so I missed two days of my period. My period's late. And then it's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you put all of this energy on a period not showing up mm -hmm. and then it shows up and it shows up late and it does things that it never did before. And it's all because of the stress that, that you put on, your on yourself. Mm -hmm. and Along with the hormones that you're probably on, it's just like your body is going through so much mentally, physically, it's like so many different changes. So it's really, it takes like a lot of growth within yourself to know, like, I'm putting myself in this position, and I have to expect the negative, or 
I can be prepared for the positive. You know, like we're all prepared to hear good news, but we're not prepared to hear, oh, this is not the cycle. I'm so sorry, but come back on day two of your cycle, of your period, and we could start again. It's just draining. And even the thought of it, like me, like, you know, back then I was just like, I can't do this. I can't do this. I cannot do this. It took a whole year for my wife to be like, babe, we could do this. It's not meant for us to stop. It's not meant for us to stop. And I just went on faith. I went on faith. That's all I could do. The thing about it is it it is a draining process. It does Mm -hmm. take a lot out of you. Um, but it, at the end, it's obviously very worth it, right? Because yes. you went away and you you just birthed this beautiful human being and it's mm-hmm. like the best thing since sliced bread. But in going through that process and just so people know, um, so Mosey Baby is something that you inseminate yourself with. It's a medical syringe. And so what I would do is I had, uh, I, had two baby, I had two baby daddies, uh, one... <laughs> One was like, he was with it, he was with it, and then he wasn't with it no more. And then the other was with it, and we did three inseminations with the the medical um, syringe. And this was like so beautiful to me because he would come to my mom's house. And my Mm -hmm. mom's house- I remember you were telling me. Yeah, that was our meeting And mom made sure the room was nice and clean and sterile so he could have it. (laughs) He, he, like he, the first time he brought his daughter, my mom was there. My brother was there. He's mm. upstairs beating his meat, left his juice in the cup. Marsha, I'm done, you know? And, and like, I would inseminate myself. And so we did that three times. And that's fine. You know, Mosey Baby was a great, yeah, great, it's a great, yeah. I would probably try it again. Um, yeah. But IUI, people don't really know what that entails. And, and so for me, it was very, um, jarring yeah. you know to have to have them inside of my body on my period yes and it's yes. what the second day or the third day day two day two of your cycle they start tracking your uterine lining they start tracking how um what your ovaries are looking like if you have any cysts like and mind you you're bleeding you yeah. They pull and it's interuterine. Like they have this um, ultrasound, the vaginal ultrasound, mm-hmm. and they're looking at that while you have your period. Like that was the most gross thing. I wanted to take a shower. Where's your? Where's the shower? Because this is not right. This right. is crazy. So a lot of women don't know about that part yeah. of it. And yeah. if you're a woman who has bad cramps or your ovaries are placed with, like my ovaries, suck that up. Weird. It's placed yep. weird where. When they put that thing in me, they got to go digging deep. Yeah, because they put this speculum and that holds your your vaginal wall, that holds your vagina open. And then they're in there just like a um, a pap smear. Mm -hmm. So they have that clamp and they're going in there and they're making sure that everything is fine. Sometimes like during your period, cramps and all. It's a mess. It's a mess, but it's this is mess. that we endure to have a baby. And that's why I feel like if I had the chance to do an at-home simulation, if Mosey baby was there back then, I would have done that. I would have made 
it more of a natural kind of conception other than going into the doctor's office have your legs spread open going in day two it, it was just it was and just all like, the blood work I had to go for blood work every constantly day. yeah to check your hormone levels mm-hmm. and then if your hormone levels are not where they think it's supposed to be, they're going to start you on Clomid. They're going to start you on um, progesterone. It's a whole mixture of things that they're going to start you on while you're on your period, while you're still coming to get blood work done. And is why you got to go to work, while you got to go to school, why you got to, while every life things are going on, you have this one thing that's like your main focus and you can't, you can't shake it. So the fact that you had someone there willing and able and ready, fresh sperm, it's the best sperm, girl. Like I would have been like, Marsha, I'm coming over right now. I would have done your insemination. (laughs) (laughs) I had someone ask me, like, do you need help? I'm like, I don't, but thank you. Right. I want to help. I want to help you get pregnant. Like, let's get that all the way up touching your walls girl <laughs> well, what, I, what I realized is and you know I'm a very spiritual person yes it wasn't it wasn't my time I wasn't oh, yeah. forcing it and mm-hmm. my first child is supposed to be with whomever I'm supposed to have that child with yes um yes. at the time that I'm supposed to have this child and it was yep. not back in 2019 and um, 2020 yeah, yeah. We never know. It's still early in the year, but, but no, you're absolutely right. It's all on God's timing, all on his timing. And we have to just, you know, like put that into consideration with every step of the process during your IVF or IUI, just your entire fertility journey. You have to put your faith in front of everything because that's the only thing that's really going to keep you strong and knowing that it's going to be a positive result. So faith is definitely something that you need during during this for sure and and money (laughs) (laughs) let's talk about the journey to baby true girl so um when we did our IVF cycle in 2009 I was able to produce six embryos so Tyler's one of the six and then I was like, okay, good. I'm great with just one child. Most of my aunts only have one child. So I always grew up with one cousin of each aunt and uncle. So I was fine with that. And then when Tyler turned five years old, we moved upstate because it was a better atmosphere for him instead of us paying an arm and a leg for preparatory school. Like it was just too much. So then, um, 2014, 15, 2015 was when we were closing on our house and I was also going through our second cycle, but we didn't tell anyone. And it was so much stress and we needed like, I think like $15,000 to put down on a house. And on top of the money that we needed to do our second cycle. So I was just like, you know what, this is not the time. Let's just focus on one thing at a time. So as the years went by, I'm like, I'm fine with just one child. I'm fine. I'm fine. But my wife, I have to also consider her maternal clock even though she's aggressive and, you know, she like, you know, she was just (laughs) like real maternal. She was like, I think I want to, I want us to have another baby. She kept like saying over and over and over. And then that's when I was like, you know what? Like, 
maybe we should have another child regardless of the sex. But I went in there and I told the doctor, listen, I want a girl. I don't care what you got to say. You're going to find a girl within those five. <laughs> so he was like, well, that doesn't work like that. So um, we're going to test the two healthiest embryos and um, we're going to get the labs back. So if you want to know the sex of the baby, it's an extra course. You know, everything is extra fee, extra. So we did the genetic testing, being that we had these embryos on, on ice, as my best friend calls it, on ice for 10 years. So the doctors wanted to be sure because back then they never did the genetic testing before they freeze the embryos. So we had to do it anyway. And my wife got the results. She didn't tell me she did a, we did a private gender reveal for ourselves. And, um, she was so calm about it. She was like, like nothing, you know, and she did the private gender reveal. And I'm thinking as a boy, I'm like, it's a boy, it's another boy. I know I have five boys in there. She, and then it turned pink and I, I went crazy. Then she tested. So I went through the other gender reveal with the second embryo and it was another girl. So I was like, oh my God. And those were the healthiest ones oh out of the five that were left. So that's when we had, um, we went in for our, um, I had to do the hysteroscopy, which is basically they're cleansing, cleaning and scraping out your uterus to make sure it's a safe house for implantation. And so that's another, um, it's painful. You don't feel it, but the next day you do have some cramping. Um, it's called a hysteroscopy. Um, you could look it up. It's, you have to wear a pad for like two to three days, but um, it, it's just a guarantee that you're gonna have a good imp implantation when they do the embryo transfer. Mm -hmm. So we, we went to do the embryo transfer and I recorded it. I documented this entire pregnancy and fertility journey on my YouTube channel. And so um, I had the camera in my hand while the doctor is putting the embryo inside of my uterus and he's like, breathe. And I'm like, okay, I got in the car. I put my legs up. I ate my pineapple. Like it's things that, you know, us women do sometimes and you're like, okay, this is going to work. This is going to work or whatever. So when we found out we were pregnant, I knew automatically my line, my La Negra line was turning black. And I was like, I think I'm pregnant. So I went and I bought like six, seven pregnancy tests before my blood work. And you're not supposed to do that, but I did it anyway. And I didn't tell Tiffany, but I documented. And then when we went in together for our pregnancy um, blood work, the doctor called and said, your levels are five something. And I just started crying because at my age, I was what? Wasn't one of my, I don't like telling my age. Okay. So <laughs> I was two years, I was a year and a half younger than what I am now. But um, <laughs> if I tell people I'm like 32, I'm not, I'm not, no, you look it. <laughs> I do not like telling my age. I, do, I, I don't know what it is. It's just something that I have to get over. But um, I was nervous because I'm a woman over 35. And what if this cycle doesn't work for me? You know, my body is not, my uterus hasn't host a child at all, all this time. You know, it was just a lot of factors and it was really scary. And I was nervous and I was just like, oh my God, I have my daughter. You know, I, my mother and I are not close at all. We are growing, 
to be close. And so I said, you know, like, Lord, like before I even knew the gender, I just kept, you know, writing in my journal, like, if it's meant for me to have a daughter, I want to have what I've always wanted as a mother. I want to be that mother to her. And so, you know, when we went through the, the embryo transfer, I just kept praying, like, I'm going to be, a, I'm going to be the mom I've always wanted. I'm going to be the mom I've always wanted with this daughter. So I was really nervous with this pregnancy because this is my girl. This is the little girl I wanted to drive me crazy and stress me out. So um, we had a few hiccups during our pregnancy, but for the most part, I would say women over 35, you ha we have to take it easy. Uh, you have to drink a lot of fluids. You have to eat well. And you just have to be safe, especially now in the height of the pandemic. Like you have to stay inside, basically. You do not, and the the, the rise on maternal health is at an all time high. So it's really scary. And I was afraid. And so, but yeah, that's how we came with Baby True. And her name means a lot to me because I love um, unisex names. And so her name is a male name. It's a strong name for a man. And people would be like, oh, you got that idea from the Kardashians. I did, only because of the backstory of what that name represented. And so I was just like, I want a strong name like that. I, wanna, I want a name where somebody says her name, she's like, I'm here, you know? So true Chanel, and Chanel is my wife's middle name. And she wanted to, she wanted a junior, but I was just like, no, we're not having a junior. <laughs> so yeah, so that's that's how we got pregnant 10, nine and a half years later. It was scary. It was scary. And even now is 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 a juggling fact that we're older. And so Tiffany be like, damn, I'm tired. And I'm like, I am too, but you gotta go change the pamper. We gotta go get her lunch ready and stuff. So it's, a, it's worth it though. You know, we laugh and we'll be like, oh, you know, we should have gotten pregnant earlier, but it's on the time where God felt like it was, it was right. And it was right nine and a half years later. So yeah, can't complain. I saw a post, I saw it recently actually, and it, it triggered me a little bit because mm -hmm. it said it was something about women who choose to have babies late in life, like after 35. And the women under the comments, going in. yeah, why would, if you want to be, that, that was, that was exactly the, the post. If you want to be changing diapers at 40, then that's on you. Right. And I went to the comments and women were like, I can't believe people actually want to do that. Like I'd be tired. And I'm like, you know, for a lot of you who were fortunate enough to have children before 35, you have a lot to say, but not everyone is in the position to conceive yes. Like as, as a lesbian, first of all, as a woman yes. who loves women. I, I don't have semen. Mm -hmm. You know right. what I'm saying? And right. it's funny because I tell my male friends, my male gay friends and straight friends, I said, you don't understand all of the kids you're wasting when you jerk off at night <laughs> I would love to be in your room <laughs> capturing that sperm with my vagina like right. real talk you no, have sure. yeah how like I have slid into the dms of just about <laughs> all of my gay friends 
people that I haven't spoke to, people that I've met once, like, hey, I know we haven't spoken in a while. Hope you're right. well. Question, do you want kids? Right. You know, because it is not easy. And then thinking about the fact that sperm is expensive, right? And yeah. then if you are someone like me, I want a I want my child to be black. I cannot teach my child to be anything other than a black, whatever they're going to be. Right. You know, I can't speak to, you know, if, if someone has a child um, with someone outside of their race, there is usually a representative who yeah. is that person. It should be that, right? right? They can speak mm-hmm. to being Asian. They can teach them about right. the Asian roots. I can't teach my kid about their Asian culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if they're if they're not black. Right. And so knowing that looking for sperm is very sperm ranks challenging. It is. There are no like little to no black men. If you find a black man, he's they're biracial. Racial, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you do find a black man who's not multiracial, um, he has that that gene that you don't want. Um, because there's a gene that you do not want your kid to have that men carry just for the women out there who are having sex and, and, and making babies know that, that some of these yes. men got that gene and you, you know, you don't want your kid to have it. I don't know what it is. It's like a birth defect. Like they'll naturally have um, some type of chromosomal issues. So yeah, when you yeah. go outside of the, the race, it is challenging to find a healthy donor that is biracial that doesn't carry the gene so it's a lot of factors when you're doing your research on finding a donor so yeah so when you told me that you had some you know prospects I was just like that's awesome that's you know that's good you know because well, everyone wants to be a father until it's time to like be a father you right. know, it was it was definitely like yeah let's do it we'll be the cool parents and mm-hmm. you know we, we were going to live together and like raise the baby together. And that was beautiful. And um, up until it was like, okay, well, like I made this appointment for the clinic. Can we go? Can we, yeah, it got can real. we move? Yeah, it got real. It was like, you know, I don't know if I want to do this. Yeah. Um, and I, I at least respect that, you know, the, the other did not tell me. He just, he just said peace. He yeah. Say peace. He he just stopped returning my phone calls. Right. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. And I was like, dude, you know. Yeah. And that's why a lot of women just go straight to finding a donor at the cryo banks because it's you don't want to put all that pressure on that person to co-parent, especially if they don't really have no desire to have any kids, especially like a gay man. They want to be out and about and spending money on Giuseppe's and all that. You know what I mean? So it is a lot of women do just go and opt to find a donor. And, you know, you can still raise your child with a donor, um, especially if you have male figures in your in your household, like you have your brother, mm-hmm. you know, he if you have were to have a boy, for instance, not that it matters, but your son will be able to learn how to potty with your brother showing him, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like stuff like that. Even though it was difficult for us to teach Tyler, he figured it out. No, you <laughs> got to stand up and use your pee-pee standing up. You cannot sit. So it's challenging, but at the most, at the it's challenging. It's challenging to find a donor that's fully African-American 
And it's also challenging finding a donor out as to co-parent with you yeah. that wants to be on the same page. And so I see a lot of lesbian couples that find a gay guy to be the papa um, and be involved in a child's life. Like, I find that to be amazing. You know, it's not for everyone, you know, for our family dynamic, that was not gonna play down, no. <laughs> Mama Tiff was like, I'm good. I'm the older man that, and woman he will need and she will need, so. So yeah, it all depends on the relationship, depends on the couple, the family, you know. And the donor, if he's going to be receptive and there and wanting to be involved. So ladies, you have to do your research. You have to ask questions and you got to do your homework when looking for the donors. Um, we were able to find a, bi a biracial donor, but we were more so looking for a donor that resembled Tiffany. Mm -hmm. And so this donor in particular, uh, he is half Irish and half Nigerian. And so um, the only thing Irish is about Tyler and True, they have that, they came out with that reddish strawberry hair and mm -hmm. Tyler has pointy ears. That's it, you know? And, and also they have a lot of allergies. So that's another thing too. But um, other than that, that's the only, the only difference like we do incorporate, you know, on um, St. Patrick's Day, we tell them about it, but we're not going to go and make shepherd's pie and cabbage stew or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, he's being raised by two black women. And so Very that's black. Experience. That's, yeah. Right. So that's what we're going to represent in our house, household. But everybody is different. Everyone is different on another level, but mm -hmm. different. <laughs> What this also makes me think about is, you know, we're, we're of a generation right now that is very in tune spiritually with our ancestors and like um, the people who came before us. And so what this means to me is like, how in my child, when they grow up, mm -hmm. how they're going to have to deal with different ancestral um uh, situations or or journeys or lessons um, only navigating one side of their, right. their family tree, you know, because there's a whole other family tree that you will need to navigate and mm -hmm. I won't be able to assist you in that. Right. Um, which so is with that, that's the same for that's the same for a lot of people. A lot of people, yeah. In the world. a lot of a lot of kids that grew up with just their mothers and didn't know their biological fathers. Yeah. Here comes the ancestry, and you got boom, 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 popping off. People contacting you, hey, we're first cousins, but I don't know my father, and you know, there goes that type of bonds forming. And but with the donor, they have um, sibling registries, and so if you know, a woman wants to have their child, depending on the donor, if they're anonymous, then um, they won't, you know, give out that information. But if you have an open donor, um, they will be on the registry and then you can look up other families that use that potential donor and that child, if they reach a certain point in their life and they say, hey, well, what about my donor? And, you know, I would like to get to know them. and 
or at least figure out what they were about, they can then go on that registry wow. and contact other donor siblings. But okay. for the most part, Tyler's going to stay with me and only me and Tiffany. <laughs> I'm hoping. <laughs> but it's up to him. It's up to him and True, you know, that they they get that closure, they get what they want to fulfill mm -hmm. them in life. And so if it was to happen, we'll be we'll be supportive. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. I do want to segue to True T. Oh yes, my baby, my other baby. Yes. So I so want to yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, True T, I started, let me write, True T, I started February 9th, 2020, right before the pandemic hit. And um, during the pregnancy, um, I was always drinking tea. That was the only thing that calmed her down and helped me through the kicks and the pains. And, and so I was just like, you know what? I'm going to start a tea. Anyone that knows me well, they know that I love tea. A lot of my girlfriends, they'll come over and I'll be like, you want a glass, you want a cup of tea? And they're like, oh my God, yes. And we will talk. So yeah. I felt like during this time, I wanted to create a tea that helped women to cleanse their uterus, to help them prepare for fertility, to help them just like stabilize their entire body and just to be a part of their journey as well. So I created True Tea with the launch of Fertility and Fertility has oat straw, nettles, it has um, chamomile, it has ra raspberry leaf. And this is a, a blend that I created to help women when they're starting their fertility journey. So the day two of your period, that's when you will start drinking this tea and it is a flush just like how we sometimes mm -hmm. go for colonic or you have a purge, you, you cleanse your body, it's cleansing your uterus. And so um, I've got a lot of great feedback from this tea with helping them getting pregnant. A lot of women reach out to me and say, oh my God, I thank you. This tea was amazing. You know, I'm six or eight weeks pregnant and it makes me emotional because I'm like, wow. Yeah. So I started True Tea um, I named it after my daughter because I was inspired by her and, um, you know, Tyler is co-owner <laughs> because he is, he loves tea. Mm -hmm. He absolutely loved tea during that whole time. He was helping me create certain different flavors and add this mama and put this in. So both of my kids are inspiration to this brand and it's my baby. And then I kind of like branched off into the melanin doula. And um, I have a shop that caters to just the wellness of a woman's body during their pregnancy. And even after pregnancy, you have a postpartum tea that helps with contracting your uterus back, flushing everything out, helping with um, your, your breast milk mm -hmm. production. So whatever tea you want for something, I can create a blend for it. So that's how I created True Tea and I love it. It's a wellness tea. It's delicious. Some people be like, oh my God, the tea is so strong. It's bitter. It's for yeah. your body. It's for your body. It's not to taste good. It's to help yeah. with what your body is lacking. Well, and you can add the honey. Yeah. You could add whatever, whatever. You can't add milk. Some people add milk to it, but that's on you. The condensed milk, the sweetened milk. Yeah. Um, the honey is the best bet though. Mm -hmm. But that's my baby. I love it. I love my little brands, not little, I love my brands. And um, I really thank you for um, pushing it 
you know, with your um, advertising on your publishing, your writing, your columns, your sharing it, buying it. So I really appreciate that for sure. I really appreciate the support because, you know, we go way back. And I was like, oh my God, this is such, this is, this is cool. I love it. I appreciate it. And then I also started a um, pregnancy test company is called Fertility Now. So you could buy that um, on the Melanin Doula at Etsy shop and ovulation test as well. So I'm going to send you that. So when you start, you'll be fully prepared to do your pregnancy test. And um, yeah, like I'm still waiting for it to, you know, flourish more. I'm waiting for it. FDA, even though it's approved because it had to come through um, FDA, but I'm still waiting for them to like give me the stamp so that I can start putting it in stores like like Family Dollar, you know, little local stores. Target. Like, Target. Yeah, Target. Well, oh, aim high, right? Same yeah. aim high, Target. Um, because it's not a lot. I don't even know of a Black um, pregnancy or ovulation um brand that has the kids so i'm i'm working towards i'm working towards little goals target i I should put that out there target that's on my vision board so yes target target for sure absolutely target for sure but yeah well let the people know where they can find you where they can buy your teas where they can learn more about the the offerings that you have Okay, so I have a lot of um, different platforms. So um, you can find me if you are looking for almost like a doula, that, that's the name, the melanin doula. If you're looking for a doula to help you with your fertility process, you can find me on Instagram at the melanin doula. Um, for, to purchase some teas, you can find me at true tea underscore shop. And to just ask any questions or if you just want to figure out or see my kids or whatever, reach out to me, social media. You can find me at Katrina Forever with two R's underscore. And what else? What else? What else, Marsha? Oh, and I have a YouTube channel. So check out my YouTube channel. It is Katrina Forever. Um, It's just like a day in the life of me and my kids, my family. I also documented my IVF process with Baby True. I have a little bit from 2009 when I started with Tyler, but you could even go on there. I get about like so many questions when it comes to progesterone and how to administer. So I created a video for women that are doing the suppository um, progesterone. So you can find a lot of information on my YouTube channel. And um, yeah, my email address is thefertilitydoula at gmail.com. And I'm on the page right now. So yeah, you can find all of that good stuff um, on those platforms. But the main platform that I, I advocate a lot is the Melanin Doula because it, it segues into different um, branches of what I do. And I love helping women. I love start you know helping them on their start to becoming a mom and that's really important and so a lot of people don't really have information or resources they may know people but they didn't they're not willing to ask the questions because of for whatever reason so I'm here you could be anonymous or you can disclose your information we could zoom 
Um, I usually charge like a $25 consultation fee and that's like an hour. And then we could talk from there. But um, for the most part, I'm, I'm, I'm affordable. You tell me you got $10, I'm gonna help you, you know, or for free. You can ask me a question any time of the day or night. I'm here. I'm here to help because it's a blessing when you are a blessing to others, especially when they have to go through this process alone or with lack of information. And so being that I went through the experiences, I feel like I have the information. So, yeah. Well, you already know I'm be reaching out to you <laughs> next year. <laughs> okay, next year for sure. End middle to end of the year. Yes, I'm hoping, and I'm gonna talk to Miss Dizelle. I'm hoping for the end of this year. Yeah, don't talk to her. She got no control over this. She, I don't listen. <laughs> but yeah, but I do thank you, Marsha, for this opportunity. Um, you are truly an inspiration, and your drive and your passion for life and spirituality. It is being noticed. And when you put up those motivational and the mantras and, you know, just your glow, like now in your season, it's just, I'm like, I'm feeding off your energy, even though it's through social media, you, I feel that vibe. And so this morning I woke up and I was just like, oh, it's a gloomy day. I don't know if I want to interview, but then I think you put something up and then I was like, you know what? That's right. We don't get this done. And then I accidentally called you and then I swear you were like, oh, yes, because <laughs> we've been going months and months. Yeah, you were playing... on the show last season, the first. Season. Yes, yeah. last season. So I'm really, truly grateful this for this opportunity. You're my babes. You already know I roll in the grass. Oh, you, girl. Listen. And I love you. <laughs> I love you, too. I love you, too. So thanks again. So ladies, reach out to me uh, via social media. I'm here to help visit my Etsy shop. Uh, hopefully Marshall put some links. Right when you yeah yeah, yeah 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 I'm a, yeah so all that, all so don't hesitate you know I cater to single women by choice that are trying to start LGBT trans cis couples whatever whatever you got going on I'm here to help so we got to bring these babies into the world yes, they can help heal it yes yeah. definitely definitely so thank you again Marsha thank you Katrina and thank you know you what I'm gonna be in Queens this Saturday by your mom like a few but we'll talk about it later <laughs> so if you're in queens i'm not in queens this I weekend okay um, but yeah i'll text you anyway you could go see her though i know <laughs> i know we'll talk after i was about to go into a girl you know we moved and all <laughs> no i saw that you told me you told me yeah oh so, yeah so i appreciate it so much i'm gonna go and see what time is it two o'clock baby girl's probably up now yeah so, yeah so thank right. you again. Thank you.